0: This is C.O.R. It's Isaiah Allen. My name is Brandon Mahan. You're watching The Sons of UCF Live. And you're watching The Sons
5: of
4: UCF Live. And you're watching The Suns of UCF Live. You're watching The Suns of UCF Live. You're watching The Sons of UCF Live. You're
1: Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trace Strelko. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. Big early signing day for UCF football. We have it covered, and we're getting closer to the Gusparilla Bowl. But first, let's welcome in one half of the Sons of UCF, a five-star recruit. Adam, where is Mike tonight exactly?
3: Look, nobody freak out. Mike did not go to California. I know there's some rumors out there he's not at UCLA, but we've got you covered. I looked this up. Trace is a guy. Adam's a guy. You guys are in good hands tonight.
1: Uh, Mike, uh, though, right. He's taking in the, uh, a state championship down in Fort Lauderdale, uh, Ryan has, Schneider's uh, yeah. Coco high
3: reporter, reporter on the scene. So Ryan Schneider's Coco high team is playing both of our alma maters, the Cardinal Gibbons chiefs now. So Mike is uh, on the scene live. I don't expect any game breaking updates from Mike, but, uh, good luck to all the combatants down there. Uh, Coco and Cardinal Gibbons.
1: Good luck to them, good luck to Ryan Schneider. We're gonna get into a little bit more on recruiting, but I wanna bring an update. Last week we had offensive lineman Sam Jackson on and we talked about the fundraiser he was doing Saturday at the silent auction in which, uh, there's my mug, we've donated the mug and an opportunity to appear on Sons of UCF pod, live show. And an interesting little bidding went on there. Sam really wanted the mug and someone else really wanted to be on the show. Sam's an old pro at this. He was on the show just a couple of days earlier. So they split the prize. There was some bidding going on. Sam's got the mug, very happy about that. I took a picture with him. And uh, uh, Missy uh, won the opportunity to be on the show. You may know her as Missy McAwesome, right? So you've seen her, you met her at the, uh, the Tailgate Adams. So she'll be joining us probably after the holidays. And you mentioned California. I got into a little bit of a bidding back and forth with a 12-year-old over, can you see this? A little show and tell this Thursday. This would be your Dylan Gabriel, the DG, the brand. This is, this is a, a game-worn cleat. But you wow. know, I mean, I didn't really want to go get too carried away on this. I will tell you that the Sons of UCF package generated more funds. For Sam Jackson's foundation, Orlando Realtors and their work, more than $7,000 raised during the silent auction. The Sons of UCF raising more than Dylan. And I talked to the 12-year-old winning bidder because I was only willing to go so far with this prop. I let He let me borrow it. So I'm returning it to him. He gets the game-worn shoe back and I get you, a 30-second prop.
3: Did, did you fleece a 12-year-old? No,
1: no. He won okay. the bid. And I asked to borrow the basket and talk to his parents and explain the whole thing. (laughs) And they
3: watched the show
1: and they know.
3: I'm sure. Yeah.
1: It is all on the up and up. So, congratulations to Sam, Orlando Realtors, raising more than $7,000 and distributing toys to kids in need. We were happy to participate. Sam's got his mug. And for a couple of days now, I've housed uh, DG, the brand um, paraphernalia
3: in my house is there an air
1: freshener does it smell okay no it's uh if there's a shirt there's the game worn pleat uh, which is autographed and that's really what he wanted so okay. uh, that's uh, that's the the update and of course news today that Dylan uh, announced that he will be at UCLA not old miss as we were thousand percent sure <laughs> a week or so ago
3: yeah obviously bittersweet I mean there there are certainly some uh, some hurt feelings you hate to see somebody leave UCF but uh, it sounds like he found himself a good spot. Yeah, I think we all should, you know, tip our cap to him, wish him well. He did a lot of great things at UCF, and you know, hopefully, he goes on has a healthy career at UCLA and in the future. So, I know there's some hurt feelings. It always, it always sucks when there's a breakup, and you're the person who got broken up with. But you know, let's tip our cap, wish him well, and and move on. We have an exciting group of kids coming in this uh, this signing class. Trace, we have a lot of things to be excited about. So, you know, we give Dylan our, our best wishes, and we move to the future.
1: That's correct. Uh, That signing class, big booms out of East Orlando for early signing day. Gus Malzahn's first recruiting class. A lot of statewide kids. He wrapped up some in Central Florida, Lakeland, Sanford, Seminole High. What are your impressions? What strikes you about this first Gus Malzahn class?
3: Yeah, really good class. It's a lot of good players, a lot of talent. I think depth across the board and a few key positions, a lot of people to be excited about. So I, I like that, you know, a lot of the recruits are, are you know, definitely going to be guys who can make an impact early on. Gus talked about that in his press conference. He sees these guys as NFL guys, sees these guys as, as folks who can come in and, and make the depth chart really early. So uh, I think uh, he obviously went out, found the opportunity to find kids who fit his scheme, fit his need. Uh, I, I think both him and T will on the defensive side have brought in some really good players. So I think it, the bars raised, Obviously, the best recruiting class in Night Nation history. So uh, I think there's uh, there's definitely a legacy to be built with this class. I'm really excited to see how they do.
1: Well, I promised on Twitter at Seinpes today that we would hopefully have some guests stopping by. We're going to talk to one of those recruits right now. He is Caden Kittler. He is out of Texas. Caden, thanks for joining us on the Sons of UCF Live. Absolutely, glad to be here. And welcome to Night Nation. What has the last couple of days been like for you leading up to signing day? You know, it's been it's been exciting.
5: Um, It's definitely a day that I'm going to remember for a long time. Uh, The love from the fans and just like the overall, the feel of the the day. It's just been great.
1: And uh, Herb Hand, no doubt, right? Primary recruiter for you. Yes, sir. Tell us about those experiences and those conversations with him. So uh,
5: Coach Hand actually recruited me when he was at Texas. So we've been been, uh, talking for a while now. And he was one of the first coaches to start recruiting me. So I knew he was always going to be special to me. Um, and it's just convenient that he went to UCF, which is a school that I would go to. But um, those conversations have been real fun. On one of the home visits, we actually went to the gun range; had a lot of fun there. Uh, he was popping off the our AR, so it's been it's been a good experience um, getting recruited by Coach Ham.
3: Kaden, what did you like about the campus and and the the football facilities when you came to visit UCF?
5: I just like the overall feel of it. Um, I've never been to Florida before, so it was it was cool to see palm trees everywhere I looked. Um, but just, just the, the feel on campus, it really felt like, home. someplace I would
3: really want to go to school. So you, you play the O-line. Describe your game a little bit. What kind of player do you think you are? Give us a scouting report on Caden.
5: So I'm very versatile. Uh, I can play any position on the line. I actually played tackle for two years from my high school before moving to center. Um, I'm nasty. I mean, I, I get a lot of pancakes on my highlights, so, um, it's, it's, it's proven. Um, but Yeah. I'm really just versatile and pretty balanced, flexible, uh, and I like, to, I like to get dirty.
1: you like a guy that refers to himself as nasty <laughs> on the offensive line, don't I you? That. What have coaches told you that they think your role's going to be as you come
5: to UCF? So Coach Han wants me to be a center. Um, I'm going to be backing up Matt Lee next year, so that's why I want to get that year of center under my belt my senior year. So, yeah, center.
1: During your visit, did you have opportunity to meet Matt? Yeah, I did.
5: We actually uh, met up on my official, and when they played Boise State, I saw him in the locker room after I went to that game. So we're we're pretty cool.
3: So I saw in high school you did both the shot put and the discus. Uh, tell us what what kind of strength does it require? How heavy is that shot put? What kind of strength does it require to be? Uh, I, you set a record, I think uh, your your junior year, I think it was. So yeah, what no, kind of year. what kind of strength I the does a record work- freshman year? Yeah, what kind of strength is it required to, to do either of those two things?
5: You know, I think it's a little less strength, a lot more explosiveness. So um, I've, I see these skinny kids throwing like 60 feet. It's pretty dumb, but it's a lot about explosiveness and technique and really getting your hips into it, which is a lot like O-line play, and that's why I like to do it. All
3: right, well, let's get to know you a little bit off the field. So I got some rapid-fire questions for you. Are you All are right, you ready yeah. to face these? Here we go. What toppings do you put on your pizza?
5: I like I like meat lovers i try to get as much protein out of it as i can
3: yeah offensive line i got you uh what's your favorite superhero
5: superhero probably thor
3: what's your favorite social media app
5: uh let's say twitter right now
3: what's the best sports movie you've ever seen
5: probably greater the one about the arkansas lineman.
3: if i went through your phone right now what's the most embarrassing song you have on your phone
5: Shoot, probably uh Pocket full of sunshine, something like that.
3: (laughs) I don't know.
1: This two answers after Thor.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that. Yeah, yeah. All right. What jersey number do you want to wear at UCF? 52. And what is your uh, favorite NFL team? The Raiders.
5: The
2: Raiders. So
3: we all know Wow. We all know UCF's gonna win the national championship next year when you're there. Uh, Give us a prediction. Who's gonna win the national championship this year?
5: I'd love to see Cincinnati win it because that's good for our conference, but I think I think uh, Bama's going to pull it away again.
3: I love right, so know again. Some, we know to play pocket full of sunshine whenever you get a pancake from now on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. When do you uh, plan to be on campus?
3: I'm uh, early June, I think. I can't do
5: early, early enrolling because my school won't let me. Gotcha. Won't let you. Shame yeah, on you. I know who you are. They weird rules. <laughs> gotcha. And what's, uh, what's your plan on Major. I think I'm gonna do business. UCF does this integrated business or not. It's an interdisciplinary studies. So I'm gonna choose three minors and make a major out of it. It's pretty cool.
1: Gotcha. Caden, welcome to Night Nation. We're so glad you could spend a few moments with Adam and I here on the Sons of UCF Live. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. All right, we're looking nice forward Knight to seeing well you on campus. Yes, sir. All right. A couple answers I wasn't expecting. Thor, not surprised by that. Pocket full of sunshine. <laughs> it
3: happens. That happens, Trace.
1: Yeah, I'm everyone's
3: legit. got that Harry Styles song, that Taylor Swift song, in their phone. We
1: all know it. Gotcha. Well, good to hear from Caden. Uh, he is out of Texas. That is the farthest west uh, UCF occurred. To, you know, years past Arizona. Of course, we know the Hawaiian pipeline. Sole recruit out of Texas, Uh, and uh, I like that. Describes himself as nasty. Uh, You know he's going to be a tough one along the line, and that is an area of need. Uh, We're not quite sure between Nicole Schneider, Sam Jackson, who might not be coming back, who might be. uh, He has an opportunity to uh, make a difference. You heard Coach Malzahn say he expects a lot of these kids to, to get immediate playing time.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't want anyone to get injured, but we saw Matt Lee go down a few times this year. We saw the rash of injuries that we had just across the board. So depth is uh, certainly going to be something that we need. So uh, definitely excited to see Caden get in there. Again, a guy who calls himself nasty and versatile. I think those are two words you definitely want to hear from an O-lineman. So can't wait to see him in uh, in the black and gold. What else strikes you about this class? Again, I think there's just a lot of talent across the board. I think you, you kept a lot of kids home, too. I think we have somebody else here in the green room, Trace, that, uh, that's local as well. So I think we kept a lot of kids from, uh, from leaving that state of Orlando area. We put, you know, Gus talked about building that fence around Orlando, keeping those kids here. Uh, and, and the results showed, I mean, a lot of kids from that local area definitely uh, made some recruiting ties. And uh, our next guest, I think, is a, a prime example of that as well.
1: Yeah, inroads into Tampa as well. Let us welcome in linebacker out of Tampa's Berkeley Prep, T.J. Bullard. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live and welcome to Night Nation. Do we have T.J.? Do we have some audio there?
0: There you go. There we are. Welcome. How are you doing
1: tonight? Doing great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. What has this last couple of days been like for you in anticipation and then signing day? Uh,
2: It's been pretty – it's pretty uh, hectic with everything, with social media and all that stuff, so it's been pretty hectic, but it's been good. I'm happy to be a, officially be a Knight.
1: And you've gotten a big welcome from Knight Nation. You mentioned it being hectic on social media. Can you feel the love already from uh, UCF fans?
2: Yes, yeah, so I can feel it, for sure. Um, I, I love the UCF fans, and they, they make me feel at home, so I love them.
3: Well, TJ, what attracted you to UCF? Obviously, it's a school close enough to you. You got a chance to see campus and meet coaches. What attracted you to to want to sign on the dotted line and come to UCF? Uh, a big thing for me was
2: all my family being able to come see me play. I'm a Florida kid, so all of them would be able to come see me. Only two hours away from home, and uh, I just love the campus and a lot of the guys. They want to they want to win, so that's that's big for me too. I want to be in a winning atmosphere and culture, so I'm excited for that.
3: Who was your uh, like your your uh, your player sponsor rep when you were on campus? Did you get a chance to meet a lot of players and your recruiting? And who did you get a chance to bond with and spend time with?
2: Uh, Tatum Bethune was my 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 guy. Uh, he he showed me around as starting linebacker. He was super cool, and I hung out with Jeremiah and all the a, a lot of the defensive dudes. And I, I took my official with my friend X, so O'Keefe. I was with Ryan O'Keefe a lot too.
1: What is it like uh, growing up in the Tampa Bay area, uh, you know, prime recruit, a uh, prime uh, competitor for UCF uh, is that team in Tampa, uh, South Florida. So they, they give a run at you. Yeah. Yes, sir.
2: They were my second offer after Louisville. Uh, they, 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 they're going to build a good program. So I have nothing but respect for them, but I'm happy to be at night.
1: Uh, you've had opportunity to meet with Coach Melzahn. What's your impressions of him? Uh, he's
2: an awesome dude. He he's, he makes me feel at home, and he he's just has a good energy to him. I, I like him a lot. That was a uh, cool story. I was his first recruit in, at, at UCF to walk through his door. So th- that's a cool, cool moment for me.
3: Well, you mentioned uh, you play linebacker. What are you most about playing linebacker? Is it is it hitting people? Is it coverage? What do you like most about being a linebacker? Uh, everything. I like
2: how you're in the middle of the field and you can cover and <laughs> – that's my <laughs> dog, I'm sorry. You could go cover and, and go sack the quarterback and get tackles. So it's it's there's unlimited opportunities. You're not zoned in on one thing. So that's what I love about it. What's, what's, your, that, dog's what's, your, yeah, what's your dog's name?
3: Yeah,
2: what's your dog's name? Ali and
1: St.
3: <laughs> <laughs> got I'll two. Get him going for a trip. Another walk and talk. This guy, sitting on your walk and talk. He's got now. the
1: walk and talk down. There we he go. Does. There we go. There they go right here. <laughs>
3: All right, well, we, we heard about your game on the field. Let's get to know you off the field a little bit. So I asked Caden these same questions, so you're going to face the rapid fires. Okay. What do you put on okay. your pizza?
2: What I put on my pizza? I like uh, olives and I'm a cheese guy, so I'm going to just go with olives.
3: Just olives and cheese. Okay. Uh, your favorite superhero? Favorite superhero?
2: I like Black Panther a lot. That's my guy.
3: And nice.
2: And not superhero, but I love Joker. That's, that's, I look up to him.
1: Okay. You look up to the Joker?
2: Yeah, he he's a he's a complicated dude, but uh, I just like I, I like the villain
3: the villain disguise. So yeah. All right, your your favorite social media app?
2: Uh, I I don't like social media as much, but I would say TikTok because it's like altered towards what I like. So I would say TikTok, but I'm not I don't like social media as much.
3: What's the best sports movie? <sighs> uh
2: Remember, the Titans is really good. That's
3: and a good I one, like yeah. TV. Oh, good ones. Okay. What's the most embarrassing song on your phone? If I took your phone right now, what's the song you're most embarrassed that you have on there?
2: A little bit of Hannah Montana, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't listen to her as much. It's just a good, good, uh, feel-good yeah. music. Yeah.
3: What What jersey number do you want to wear at UCF?
2: I like six a lot. Uh, that's my number right now, but I, I would like to wear six.
3: Okay. What's your favorite NFL team?
2: Tampa Bay Bucks, home home team.
3: Okay. I don't want to bring up some sore subjects, but uh, last two years in the playoffs, you guys have lost to Shaman on Madonna. We have uh, a a recruit, Jamal Johnson, who's joining you in this class. Are you guys good? Is there going to be any locker room issues? Are you good with Jamal?
2: Uh, Jamal's my guy. Uh, It's nothing but love. Uh, During those 48 minutes, we're not friends. and the week week (laughs) leading up to those games, we haven't been friends, but... That's that's my guy. Uh, we got major love and respect for each other. My guys be had mates. An... So. Oh, have you guys
3: had any bets? Do you have to wear like a shamanade shirt or something around like that?
2: No, nah, I'll never put put a shamanade shirt on after <laughs> the heartbreak that they they gave us with the state championship. But that's my guy.
1: Okay, all right, fair enough. Yes, when man. do you enroll in camp on campus, TJ? I
2: enroll is uh, June. I'm um, I go to my pri- I go to private school, so they, they won't allow us to go.
1: No fun. They're no fun. Yeah. Uh, what are you planning on majoring in? Uh, something in business field. Cool, cool. A big Knight Nation welcome to you. We appreciate you spending a few moments with us on the Sons of UCF Live and looking forward to seeing you in a Knights uniform. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, you. Right. Welcome. All right, TJ Bullard. All right, not bad. couple of recruits stopping by, guys that you know and can tell are going to make an impact for UCF.
3: Yeah. Good kids. Obviously it's good to get to know them early on. I'm sure hopefully at some point we get a chance to catch up with them down the road. And it's always fun when you meet them when they're kind of younger and, uh, And uh, you kind of hear some of the the youth were exuberance and you see them four or five years later and they're veterans and they got the media savvy and all that stuff. So uh, definitely two kids to be excited about. Again, it's a good class trace. Uh, And and TJ was uh, was he mentioned a brief of their instrumental. He brought. Oh, I don't I don't guess I want to give him all the credit, but one of his teammates from Tampa, Berkeley, Xavier Townsend, made a late minute flip from Iowa State and came over here to UCF rumored to think that he wants to come play with TJ. So uh, he may be the best recruiter on the team so far. (laughs) So you gotta love that kind of energy.
1: Yeah, Coach Malzahn uh, had his uh, media availability Wednesday after all the recruits had signed. I asked him, what was the mark of this uh, team, you know, uh, this recruiting class? And uh, I I liked his answer. These guys are on the front end of
4: something really special all these guys can come in and contribute early. I mean, they're all early. And, of course, I look at it from uh, potential, like NFL potential. You've heard me say that twice. Like, most of these guys, or, or all of them, have NFL potential. And that's really exciting. I and mean, that's what you're that's what you're you're, you're shooting for, you know, because uh, we're fixing to go in a new conference. It's going to be a lot of NFL guys in there. And uh, the fact that we've got these guys on the front end and the fact that they're all pretty much going to play. And that's just – what we have as far as depth in our program. We need a lot more depth and uh, these guys can come in and play and you'll see some of them out there even starting. So I'm real excited. So probably the answer to the question is I see very, very talented young men that have great character.
1: I like how he buries that. But to answer the question in three seconds now, after I gave that whole other answer. But uh, I liked uh, what he said. I asked on my Twitter this week at Sign Pez, do you like early signing day? Overwhelmingly, fans do. You know, there's a lot going on. 72% say they like it. But early signing day, and you see the uh, coaching changes across college football, teams in bowl preps. And you wonder now, it's really made uh, traditional signing day kind of meaningless. Let's talk a little bit more with about this class with Jeremy Brenner. He's the UCF beat reporter uh, at Knights 24-7. You can find him at Jeremy Brenner 1N, correct, Jeremy? Welcome 1N. into the Sons yep. of UCF Live tonight.
0: All right, thanks, Trace. Appreciate it, man. All right, so
1: one of the things that uh, – Coach Malzahn uh, was asked about was, uh, you know, a couple months removed now from uh, the announcement UCF moving up to the big 12, certainly can see
0: where it opens up a couple of more
1: doors. We see that flip on Iowa state to UCF.
0: Absolutely. That's our soon to be conference rival, Iowa state, which, which I think just starts to show you how, how much closer UCF is to getting to where it wants to be. And that's, I think what's so beautiful about this class in particular is that it's, graded the highest that any class has ever been in UCF history but only until next year because next year's class is probably going to be better and again Gus said we're at the start of something very special here so they're going to come in and these these this class is extremely important because two years down the line when you join the big 12 these guys are going to be expected to be leaders on this team so I think getting the foundation set up is what Gus is trying to do with this class of 22 and I think he's got a good group of guys and they're all across the field. And you know what? I'm wearing my Hakuna Matata shirt tonight. I've got no worries. for class 22.
3: <laughs> well, Jeremy, uh, you heard coach say that th- some of these guys, it kind of got buried in there. Some of these guys may even be starters next year. Uh-huh. Obviously uh, it's hard to, you know, predict that uh, up front, but who are the names? If you had to uh, uh, the guess or think through who guys might be that crack, that starting rotation, are there any names that come to mind that you think could be really early
0: contributors? Now, the one, I hate to be like the obvious choice here. I think, I think Thomas Castellanos is going to have to get some, uh, some notice because you've seen what Scott Frost did when he came here his first year and same with Josh Heupel. So those two guys, they came in, they had uh, an option to start a, a veteran guy, you know, with Frost with Holman and Heupel with, um, with Wimbush but they went with the guys that they they got they went with their recruit and i think gus wants to do that and i think he he was able to get thomas Cassianos to see see out his vision for the offense and i feel like with mikey it not that mikey can't perform in the offense and i think he's done a decent job throughout the year given the circumstances but i think that that cassiano's might be a better vision for gus so i think Give it a couple of games, maybe, but I I expect Gus to go with his guy TC.
3: On the defensive side of the ball, a, a lot of uh, a lot of kids came in from the secondary standpoint. I think we 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 might all say one of the points of maybe potential weakness next year is the D line. Only one guy on the D line recruit, Jamal Johnson, on the defensive end. Are you surprised that UCF hasn't brought in more depth on the D line? And maybe do you expect that to be a spot
0: where they you know try to hammer the portal? Yeah, well that's that's where you you really lose out when you don't get Curtis Perry because I think if Curtis Perry was there, Adam, I don't think you'd be saying that. And sure. and we'd have that depth right there. And I do think that that is probably the one area where Gus will attack in in the transfer portal as as these next couple of months go on. Uh he went and got Big Cat from Auburn uh to be on that to be on that edge. So I think I'm I'm with you there. I think I think D-Line Jamal Johnson's probably going to be the answer on the defensive side of the ball as to who is likely to get that playing time next season, especially with all of these uh you know guys graduating, moving on, doing whatever. And honestly, like Jamal Johnson is incredibly talented. Like he he might get some playing time next year regardless, even with all of these shuffling pieces. So, I think yes. D-line is probably the one area where Gus still needs to do some work in. And
1: remember, Gus Malzahn came in in the spring, so he hasn't really been here a very long time. And while he had inroads, as did some of the coaches in Florida, they haven't had that full time to really recruit like you'd expect them to. Yet they got a lot of recruits out of Florida 42nd ranked class right now. Is that what you guys have?
0: Uh, we have we have 42. 42. Which is, which is the highest ranking, I think, that we've had in in 247 history. So
1: Yeah. I, and, and UCF, uh, you know, also benefits, of course, by Miami's coaching change, Florida's coaching change, and problems. Those uh, schools well below UCF. Shocked me to, to learn, really, that UCF with, what, four recruits in greater Central Florida, a couple out of Sanford, Seminole
0: High, that's the most they've gotten out of greater orlando that's it's hard to believe yeah. yeah well the thing the thing with that is i feel like scott frost wasn't here long enough to really to really attack central florida and i think you also like josh Heupel wasn't really looking towards central florida and he was looking he towards like, germany yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly he's looking anywhere <laughs> but central florida um, so i think gus making central florida Not, well, he makes it a priority, which is important, I think. I think having the fence around Orlando, I like where he's going at that. But he's also not limiting himself to the Central Florida area, which I really like as well. He's looking at Georgia a lot, obviously, with with TC coming from Georgia. Have a couple of other recruits from Georgia. You got Caden Kittler out in Texas. So he's not just limiting himself, which I think is important. Uh, When you're, when you're trying to build something, you can't just uh, subject yourself to one part of the country and immediately look at there. I mean, and that, and that's how college football is as a whole. You look at, uh, you look at Alabama, like their quarterback, Bryce Young, California and Matt Corral, who's at Ole Miss, another California kid. So like scouting the whole country is, is extremely difficult. And I'm not saying UCF should be like Alabama and, and Ole Miss and go scout California and all that, but you know, as we've seen, you know, we've scouted on the West coast before. So I think it's important not to just limit yourself and to just basically say, okay, this is central Florida, but also at the same time, keep them home because Orlando has a lot of talent and I feel like it's, it just goes unnoticed because they all leave. Like there's a whole lot of Florida that leave the state, because they want to go win a title at Alabama or they want to go win a title at Ohio state. And, and, at, and they have every right to go to wherever they feel is best for them. But at the same time, too, let's we're trying to build something really special here in Orlando. And I feel like every year in the past, like five or six years, it's, it's really working towards something. And the foundation has been put in step by step, brick by brick. And this this first class that Gus has is just another substantive brick in the right direction into what we're trying to build at UCF. Coach
1: on his staff, like all staffs, it's got to, they've got to focus on roster management, right? And so they ink 15 on early signing day, 14 high school kids. He talked about the importance of high school kids, but he leaves himself maybe 10 slots where he's going to dip into that transfer portal. Uh, And uh, you mentioned Thomas Castellanos, Uh, maybe the starting quarterback for UCF in 2022 is not yet on this roster.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's, there's a whole lot. I don't envy Gus's position at all. There's a whole lot of, you know, there's a whole lot of talent in the quarterback room. And I and I can't imagine that the quarterback list is going to stay as it is, even with just adding TC. I think, I think they're obviously one of those 10 slots. Trace is probably going to be used for a quarterback. I know Bo Nix is kind of, you know, coming in the air and it's an obvious, you know, match. But, you know, also at the same time, he hasn't committed to UCF. Like it's not a done deal yet either. So I do think that there are spaces and you mentioned the defensive line earlier. So, you know, just getting better at every position group possible is, is what Gus needs to do and the staff needs to do with this, with this group. And I think they've done a decent job so far, but the job's not done. And they know that too.
1: Adam, do you have a rapid fire question of any kind for Jeremy? Some sort of initiation here on the Sons of UCF Live. Exactly. I don't know, Jeremy, if was, you heard I was us with
0: Caden got... and TJ. I was like, I got these answers ready.
3: I got the same ones I asked. <laughs> favorite pizza topics, I mean, Jeremy? Ask
0: me, any, ask me anything. I got you.
3: D- uh, do you favorite Taylor uh, Swift song? Uh. I-, I do not like Taylor Swift. So none of them? Okay. None of them. Uh, I'm uh, not serious a, question first. So, so we, we saw this year wide receiver became a, an area of need for, for UCF. Jalen Robinson uh, went down. Uh, we know Caden Robinson transferred out. We bring in Quan Lee, who has got, uh, I don't know if you guys had him as a three star or four star. I think he's a he's a fringe guy in between. What kind of impact do you think Quan can make? And do you see him being a, a day one contributor?
0: That's Jet Lee. We're going to call him Jet Lee. I, I really believe that. And it just kind of rolls off the tongue. He's starting to feel like, you can really buy into this dude. He's just insanely talented, like just off the charts, just athleticism. And that's that's the UCF brand. That's the UCFast brand. And it, it it just it gives whoever that quarterback is just another option. I feel like because of all these injuries that occurred within the offense, both in the running back room and in the receiver room, it it, it kind of limited Mikey Keene a little bit. And it kind of forced him. He just kept going to O'Keefe the whole the whole season. And I think and and look, O'Keefe was great, and O'Keefe was able to kind of be that security blanket for him. But it would be nice to have that depth. It would be nice to have you know enough guys. And and look, I think I think Jet Lee Kwan Lee is a guy that can come in day one and contribute. But at the same time, it, it kind of just it kind of depends on who that. Who that quarterback is, in my opinion, because I think if you start the season out with Mikey, then obviously the guys that were here last year benefit from that. So you're looking at, you're looking at Jade, if Jaden Robinson comes back, which we're assuming that he will, and Ryan O'Keefe, I think those guys will, will benefit first. But then you all, and I'm sure that Gus will probably also get a transfer wide receiver, probably a guy with like a year left, similar to how he got Brandon Johnson. So I think. I think, but if it's TC, if if it's Castellanos, or if it's someone new, I think that opens the door for for a Quan Lee to be able to step in and contribute. And there's, you know, I think I think Quan Lee is going to work his way to the field. I think I think he's too talented for you to just kind of sit on the sidelines.
3: All right, I got I got one rapid fire favorite Adam Sandler movie, <sighs> Grown Ups, yeah.
1: Grown-ups. When they're all
0: the same, basically. Although, I'm glad <laughs> gems is an honorable mention.
1: Okay. Uh, let us wrap up with this, put you on the spot. Week from now, Gasparilla Bowl. What's your prediction? How do you see it going?
0: Um, to be honest, I just – you look at – I might get flack for this. I probably should and will. I, I, I hope we win. I really do. I'm a. Uh, before anything, I'm a, I'm a fan. Uh, I am a fan of our Knights. I'm an alumni myself, so – Obviously, I hope we win, but just looking at how the offense performed against the 125th ranked uh, that, that team in Tampa, I just don't know how they're going to be able to, you know, get enough offense going against Florida. Now, Samford scored, you know what, like 42 points on them, so maybe there's a shot, but I just... I'm not. I'm not very confident. My confidence level on a one to ten is probably around a three or a four, which is unfortunate. I'd rather be at a seven or an eight, but this this team and that's okay. Like I think eight and four. Gus said it on our time. Eight and four for all of the stuff that's happened this year is is pretty good. Obviously, you want to beat UF. Obviously, you want to win your bowl game. Hopefully, they do. But if they don't win, I'm not going to be surprised.
1: He's Jeremy Brenner, UCF beat reporter for Nights 24-7, at Jeremy Brenner on Twitter. Jeremy, we'll have to have you back after the holidays, talk a little bit more
0: UCF sports, basketball as well. Of course, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Happy Jeremy. holidays to you,
1: Jeremy. Thank uh, you.
0: Uh, you too, guys. We are a week removed now
1: from this uh, Gasparilla Bowl, which, by the way, take note, plan accordingly. We will be going on a day earlier. Instead of Sons of UCF live on Thursday, we're not going to go head to head while all of you are watching or at the game. So we'll be on Wednesday eight to nine. And then the following week, we are going to be on Wednesday as well. Cause UCF basketball, men's basketball got a little tilt with Michigan in the dungeon. Uh, That's on a Thursday night. So back to back Wednesdays to close out the month of December. Somebody just do
3: us a favor. Somebody tell UCF Mike so that he knows somebody out there. Just do us a favor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he might, uh, he might forget. Uh, we'll definitely have to remind him, uh, you know, this Gasparilla Bowl very quickly, a sellout. And uh, I reached out to bowl officials who were happy to provide it. Scott Glazer, executive director of the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, who joins us now on the Sons of UCF Live. Welcome in, Scott. Hey, I appreciate
4: having me, guys. Hopefully you can see me and hear me. All right.
1: A little foggy uh it
4: yeah. looks like wherever you have one of these fancy lights on but i don't think it works you know they're trying to make <laughs> me look better than i am and uh i think it's backfiring on me
1: well we can see and hear you and we're glad you're here on the sons of ucf5 peel back the curtain a little bit take us behind the scenes how did you land the gators in this game well, listen we um
4: you know I, I work for espn we're within a division called espn events where we uh we own and operate 17 of the games around the country and so we have relationships with the SEC, ACC, American and, and, and a variety of other conferences. But those are our three primaries. And so obviously these are two great institutions, two amazing programs that maybe didn't have the year that they wanted. Um, but fortunate for us in the sense that, you know, they didn't go to a New Year six game. I know that's that's the goal of all the guys. But for us, that puts us puts us in perfect position for, to, to invite teams like this that are located right up the street from Tampa. It's easy for fans to get to. And when we can make an invitation like that, I think it's a game
1: that everybody wants to see. You initially opened the lower bowl, but quickly had to open the upper. Did the rate at which tickets were selling surprise you and your team? I
4: mean, you know, I'll be honest with you, traditionally for this game, you know, it, it would not sell the way it did. You know, our game usually does utilize the lower bowl, which is about 40,000 seats. And, and the minute we went on sale announced our teams on December 5th, tickets were just flying and uh, we quickly worked with the stadium. We knew that there was a demand and we wanted to make sure we gave every opportunity we could for all the fans from both teams to, to get into the stadium. Um, even today, we opened up some standing room only. We'll, we'll work with local law enforcement, and safety officers and code officials to make sure we're getting everybody that we can in there to see that game. So it's going to be exciting. Scott,
3: obviously, we are more pro on the UCF side. From a national standpoint, what makes UCF an attractive draw for a bowl game like this? What what elements do they bring that you think makes them sort of a something that, that, that the nation wants to watch and a team people want to watch?
4: I tell you what, I'm, uh, you know, they're a team that 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 that's been successful. They know what they want to do. They're not to, they're not scared to tell you what they want to do and what they're capable of. And then, you know, then you got a team that like Florida, who's been around a couple more years, and you know they have a little bit more history. But you know they're they're the younger guy on the block that's that's big and strong, and they want to prove themselves. And, and they, they've marched right up those rankings, and we know where they've been, and they want to continue to make a mark in the state. And so for us. You know, they they get the national attention. I'm going to tell you what, I'm somewhat of a Twitter guy myself. And, and they're crazy on Twitter. I love it. They're <laughs> engaging. They love their team. They're not scared to, to, to get involved and have a little bit of fun. And again, it's for us, it's regionalized. Both these teams can jump on the interstate and, and run down from Orlando or Gainesville. So it's a perfect setup for us here in Tampa.
3: And the Bowl is not just the game itself. I know you guys have a number of activities and events leading up to the Bowl game. What are some highlights? What are some key events or some fun events people
4: can look forward to leading up to the Bowl game? Yeah, really. There's there's three opportunities from a fan perspective. You know, on Tuesday of next week, we'll be we'll be over in um, Treasure Island at the Beach Invasion presented by Visit St. Pete Clearwater. That's that'll start at 1:30, and that's where the teams and the spirit squads will be on the beach and do a variety of different activities and fun things. And we we end it with our famous uh, belly flop contest in the pool So that always gets a lot of attention across the country. Then we move into Wednesday, which is the uh, the, the night before the game, and we'll have a little pep rally. Downtown Tampa at the sale, which is adjacent to the Tampa Convention Center, and both bands will be there. You know, huge bands, both are north of 400, 400 band members, and so it's just a place for people to come and get together, have a couple of drinks, and then we, we partner with a group called the Downtown Crawlers, and they'll be down there, and there's some things out on our social media pages where you can register, and it's an opportunity for fans to, to walk around the downtown area, check out a couple bars, get some drink specials so you can check that one out. And then we move into game day and we have what we call our fan invasion area. Parking lots open at 3 p.m. and our fan invasion interactive area will take place on the south lots. There'll be DJ. We have pirates on, on, on their floats, you know, throwing out beads. Uh, Santa Claus will be there. And then, you know, gates open at 530 and we're going to be scheduled to kick at
1: 705. So uh,
4: we're uh, we're ready to go. I can't wait till next week.
1: UCF has appeared in this bowl before, and you know, Night Nation growing with the games over in Tampa. UCF fans like to call it Tampa's hometown team as well. What do you think this move to the Big 12 uh, means for accelerating the profile of UCF, not only statewide, but across the country?
4: Well, anytime you can, you know, get into some some conferences that maybe have a different media draw or maybe a little bit more history, um, you know, again, there's going to be different payouts and there's the financial side, but it just shows that they're on the rise, right? They're doing all the right things on campus. They're doing the right things off campus. They're recruiting, um, you know, that they, they have the facilities. And quite frankly, that's what the young student athlete wants. When you put somebody on campus, they're going to get the tour and uh, they, they want the wow factor and UCF's kind of stepped up and, and they're shown that they're ready to play with the big boys and they've earned the right to, to, to make that transition. So, um, you know, good for them. Um, I, again, I, th- I think this is another opportunity for for their fans and obviously for the student athletes to compete against a team like Florida and show them what they're all about. And so, um, again, just happy that we could put this together and get both teams playing down here.
1: You see with the Florida, Georgia game in Jacksonville that that stadium split right down the middle. What do you anticipate here? What do you think the, the ratio is going to be between UCF and Florida fans? I'd say it's about
4: the same. You know obviously we get we have the team allotments with, with both schools, and so we know what they've they've sold themselves. And then from a local perspective, obviously through Ticketmaster, I'm, I don't know who's buying the ticket. Um, but I'd have to say it's about 50, 50. Um, you know there, there's going to be some just neutral fans. that want to see a great game but there's going to be a whole lot of black and gold and there's going to be a lot of uh, orange and blue in the stadium too. So it's going to be, I mean, college football, it's just going to be, it's a packed stadium again, you know, your traditional fanfare with the bands and it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be an awesome atmosphere.
3: Scott, have you had a chance to, to spend time with Gus Malzahn and what, what, you know, a big name quote unquote coach like that, what do you think he brings to a school like UCF nationally?
4: again, I think that's it. big time coach with a big time name. I, You know, I, I've got to tell you, I like the name. I, I saw some of the fans kind of renamed it the Gus Barilla Bowl. And so um, <laughs> we had a little bit of fun with that. And, you know, that brings some attention to them, brings attention to our to us and our title sponsors at Union Home Mortgage. But, you know, you get that national name, you're going to get you know, you're know you going to get the recruits that that want to come play for a guy like him. And then again, you can match it up with things that you have going on on campus. You have the academics, you, you know, you're about graduating student athletes and then you got the fans behind. You. I mean, I see how that stadium bounces and I've, I've said it a few times on on social media. I'd like to see if Ray J can bounce or not. So, you know, you package that all together and that's what it takes to have a winning program. So it's going to be exciting to see what they do moving forward.
3: What is that? Uh, what's game day like for you? Are you able to watch the game? Are you able to actually enjoy the action of the field? Are you kind of too busy kind of coordinating things and keeping things uh, moving smoothly?
4: Yeah, it's, um, you know, you, you might see a play here or there, but between, you know, meeting with the conference officials, you know, the administration from both schools, you know, obviously it's an opportunity for us to entertain and engage all of our sponsors. We have a variety of community stakeholders that are involved. And so, you know, this sets us up for, you know, for the next year, maybe in the next couple of years, when you have a sellout. Where, you know, this is a showcase for us. You know, we're grateful for these teams and these conferences for accepting our invitation, and uh, we understand the opportunity we have as well. You know, we're in the business for making a dollar. Um, we're trying to, uh, you know, give the student athletes a, play, a place to play, but we want to expand the brands for all of our uh, our. Um, corporate sponsors. And so I'm all over the place. You know, I mean, I don't get in the weeds too much with some of the minor details, but we're a small staff. And so we we just continue to move around the property and try to shake hands and make sure we're putting on a good show for everybody that shows up.
1: I definitely think it will be a good show just a week out. Scott Glazer, Executive Director, Union Home Mortgage, Gasparilla Bowl. We appreciate you spending a few moments with us here on the Sons of UCF Live tonight.
4: Hey, thanks so much. And if I don't get a chance to meet you, happy holidays to you and all your listeners
1: you as well. Thank you. All right. We're a week away. Getting closer. Beach invasion. Nice about a bowl in Florida. You can have a beach invasion. I don't (laughs) think they're planning that up at Fenway Bowl.
3: Look, we've got to win that belly flop contest. That's really all I care about. You can win the battle on the field trace. That's fine. We got some big boys up front. We got some Cam, good. I don't know where you're at, but we need to win this belly flop contest. That's really most important. I don't know if it's televised. I need to get some updates. We'll get Scott back on maybe after, and uh, he can give us a breakdown of the,
1: the belly flop contest. <laughs> do we Do we really want to see that televised? <laughs> you're you're looking it. for fodder for next week's show. You want to slow-mo some belly flops or or something like that?
3: Yeah, I feel like ESPN The Ocho, I mean, that's, uh, that feels like a, a prime time event for, uh, for that kind of channel.
1: Uh, Mike, of course, on assignment tonight to uh, state of course, playoffs. So uh, but he mentioned on your show earlier this week that he may be one of the few people doing the double dip sunrise yeah. uh, men's basketball Saturday, the bowl game Thursday. Men with a very important win Wednesday night. That strange conference game that kicked things off while non-con play is going on. Sixty-five forty-eight. You wouldn't have known that it'd be the final score after watching what was it nineteen eighteen at the at the half. <laughs>
3: yes, it was. It was a dreadful. Uh, just just rock fight of a first half. But obviously, you know, second half Johnny, I guess <laughs> he turned it on and uh, and we figured out a way to come out with a nice early uh, conference win. you can look every conference win, particularly on the road is always a big deal. I know sometimes the teams aren't great, but when you can win on the road in conference, it always helps out one and all on the board to start. So first conference win of the year. Hopefully there's many more to come
1: uh brandon mayhem we talked about a little slow start for him uh, we needed him to to get going he with 18 darren green was 17 after the game coach dawkins in his postgame interview with uh, mark daniels on, on the radio a little bit of video from that as well he talked about the play of brandon mayhem
3: Brandon's playing well uh, he's finding his rhythm now and uh, he's really helping our team i thought closing the game down the stretch he was terrific you know with the ball in his hands, making the plays that that we typically know brandon makes for
1: us and uh well, UCF seven and two now, one and zero oh in conference play. They face uh, not the same Florida State team that they beat up in Tallahassee. You remember that one, Brandon Mayhan with a big game in that one. What do you have? Thirty-two, I think it was. He that did night. thirty-two. Yep. Yeah, uh, they uh, beat Lipscomb. Uh, the Seminoles did on Wednesday. They're six and four now. That's Saturday, three thirty in Sunrise. Then the Knights return home. North Alabama. Uh, next Wednesday, I guess we're going head to head with that, but it's not the same as going head to head with uh, the uh, Gusperilla Bowl. So we'll take our chances uh, going head to going head with that one. Uh, let's uh, go around the kingdom before we open the mailbag. Uh, women's basketball—they're eight and one, and quite honestly, deserve to uh, get some votes in that top twenty-five. Move into that top twenty-five. They went on the road at Seton Hall, sixty-eight fifty-six at Mercer, uh, sixty-one forty-seven. They now face uh, Iowa. Uh, At Iowa. So that one coming up on Saturday evening. So that is a big one. Volleyball uh, season ended, we know, uh, recently at uh, the NCAA tournament. But McKenna Melville, third team All-American. She's been named to the All-American list four straight years. And of course, she's coming back. Also pretty smart. First team academic All-American. You were first team, weren't you? Were you first team academic All-American, now?
3: Um, yeah, multiple years, (laughs) multiple years, (laughs) multiple (laughs) Multiple years, uh,
1: women's soccer, Darja Raji earned scholar, all American honors. And how about this one? Uh, kicker, Daniel Obarski of the Knights football team, military ball, 3M STEM scholar, athlete, smart guy there. A lot of kudos for our athletes. It's
3: it's late in the show. Maybe nobody's watching. Did you see the press release that came out when they announced Obarski and for this award?
1: I did, but I don't know what part uh, you're mentioning. Did you
3: see his his GPA? 3.4? I think it's 3.4, yeah. That's nothing nothing too shabby. I mean, McKenna's got like a a 4.0, I think I saw, something like that. 5.6. I mean,
1: mean, she's through the (laughs) roof.
3: I'm just saying, you know. Ah, Start it out there. uh, Wide right again. What are you going to
1: do? we give him his due. Uh, Baseball releases its schedule Guess who returns to the schedule? We missed them during COVID times. I know we're not out of COVID times, but with the season disruptions, Siena. That is the opening weekend for the Knights, February 18th through twenty. Do you remember their nickname? That was going to be my question to Mike, but you know, uh, Mike's on, Mike's on assignment.
3: <laughs> they are the, uh, the Siena Wild Jackets. They are the
1: Saints, and their ah. mascot is the St. Bernard.
3: Wow. Who knew? Yes. Did we miss Siena? I, I missed, I, I didn't. I didn't No, see They that didn't one. play. Didn't the they didn't play.
1: They didn't play. No. Yeah. Of course we met. That's usually like 32 runs over three games or something like that. Sure. <laughs> Lonely bumblebee. <laughs> uh, he actually had a comment. I,
3: I didn't want to do this while, uh, while Scott Glazer was on, but he asked a question to uh, the Scott Glazer. That's uh, you know, it's a fair question though.
1: Let us open up this uh, mailbag at uh, Friedman SR. This was of UCF, Mike, but as we had mentioned, uh, not with us tonight. Uh, is he rooting against, uh, who's he rooting more against, Al Qaeda or ISIS in the basketball game? That What he means is this Sunshine State Classic, right? This is. Uh,
3: well, yeah, I assume he means uh, Miami playing Florida. I assume is the is, parallel, is that wrong here. I think, you know what? I think Mike would go more Miami in that more matchup. Miami. I think yeah. that would be his pick. Hate, speaking hate for Mike, which I don't want to ever do, I think Miami would be his pick.
1: It's hate the Gators week uh, across the yeah. boards. Uh, a familiar uh, respondent to our questioned uh, requests is at Zeebles UCF. It says uh, the sons of UCF are famously anti-buying player merch. We've, we uh, did I show you the gift basket that oh, I, you that you I borrowed from a twelve-year-old? <laughs> no, no, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy okay. it. But that's got the it's got the Dylan Gabriel shoe. That's, that's the, the problem. And, and so Zeebles wants to know: Would uh, would you guys be willing to buy some bow knickers if it brought bow knicks to UCF? And, and he's also asking: When is paper and lace going to get in on this and buy some players? NIL <laughs> yeah. ain't getting any cheaper. Yeah, I mean, somebody on
3: the team get married, <laughs> then we can talk. Uh, so we're gonna need an engagement to pop up soon on the team. You know, look, uh, here's the challenge. Obviously, as a fan base, you recognize that players want to go places now where NIL deals are possible for them. So where they know communities and schools and and areas are going to support their brand, their business, they're going to want to go there. So that's going to require all of us at some point in time to reach into our wallets and, and pull out a couple of shekels to buy a shirt or an air freshener or a hat or whatever. So I'm not opposed to doing it in general. But I, I, I don't think I want to make it a, a practice. If I don't know what bow knickers are. I need to see the design of those. Uh, are they loose fit? Are they boot cut? I don't know what I'm dealing with here. Let me get a product design, Zebels and I'll get back to you. But I do recognize to not be the old man, get off my lawn situation. At some point as a community, as a fan base, we are going to have to realize that people are going to look at the support they get in our markets, and that may require all of us to to dig around our uh, our center console of our car to pull out a couple of quarters.
1: Well, it is a, a very accurate point because, you know, since the big 12 announcement, we've seen the $25,000 here, $60,000 here. But you're talking, well, look at university of Texas raising what was it, $50 million for a, whatever their nonprofit uh, campaign to benefit offensive lineman recruitment or whatever it's called. I mean,
0: that's yeah. big time ball.
1: And, uh, um, fan base, uh, donor base and central Florida are going to have to step up to compete with, with that kind of uh, money. And
3: and while there are allegations, there are allegations that uh, the Florida State commit that flipped to Jackson State. There may be some potential down the line deal with a uh, a media rights company and a gaming company that caused that flip. Uh, a seven figure deal is rumored. Nobody knows if that's true. There have not been comments on that yet. But uh, so if my contribution to a twenty dollar shirt can help get a uh, a five star here, I'm I'm willing to do my part for sure. But I don't know if I'm in the seven figure range yet, where I'm going to start uh, uh, launching. Uh, uh, you know, just missiles over to the players to come over to play for ucf
1: at uh, d-e-i-o-r-i-o underscore t will ucf Mike be bringing a shoe for taunting purposes to the bowl and mike responded to that online saying that he might just rip off the shoe he's wearing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i assume he'll have two shoes i hope i've seen mike with
3: shoes on sock sock shoe shoe is that what it is sock sock shoe shoe? i think mike is sock sock shoe shoe i think that is the right answer yeah yeah sock sock uh... shoe shoe yeah
1: Uh, at night underscore merchant uh, who says he can no longer use his bowl tickets and a friend asked him about uh, getting his uh, ticket Uh, so he wants to know give the friend the the tickets for free Mm -hmm. sell it to him at cost sell Mm -hmm. with a fair markup or charge insane market rates uh i'd say if it's a close friend and you're looking to gift him for the holidays just give him the tickets but if not just what you paid seems fair.
3: the more important item he left out here is is this friend a UCF fan? If this is a UCF fan friend, oh, this is I true. think yeah. I think you go free or fair market value, yeah. or you agree to basically maybe you give him one free and and that's it, right? So basically, he pays half price for him. If it's a Gator fan, I mean, we got to bring that calculator up a little bit. Yeah. If it's a if it's a cow's fan, just say you're sorry.
1: Uh, at Cindy Cagallan, how many unsportsmanlike conduct penalties will UF have during this game? Uh, more than one.
3: For sure. I'm really interested to see how the gators come out here, right? It's an interim coach. They already have a new coach in place who'll be watching the game. There are a lot of guys who are obviously in the transfer portal. We're hearing rumors that guys who are playing in this game for Florida are then saying as soon as it's over the quarterback, we're transferring out of here. So you know what you know, what kind of tie are they gonna Isn't that have? That's strange, what kind of, by the way.
1: That's just that's strange.
3: Yeah. It does not feel it does not feel good. Um if I'm Florida, I wonder what you do with that, right? If a, if a kid says- By the yeah, way, he could he could enter the so transfer come, portal after playing UCF and then- And come to UCF, for sure, yeah. Come to UCF. Yeah, the that, that, that unintended consequences of it. all this stuff, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, I'm curious to see how Florida comes out. I, I don't know how much discipline they'll have. So, if, if the over is uh, under is one and a half, I say take the over.
1: But as Jeremy said, this is a team that struggled to put up 17 points on the Cows, 14 points on Tulane- but you know a couple more weeks of mikey Keene maturing and you know we uh, we saw flash come back but really didn't have the chemistry with mikey and uh you know i, I saw isaiah bowser when i was leaving campus yesterday after the the Malzahn presser and uh he was walking a lot better than the, the previous times I've seen him, so no.
3: Was he wearing <laughs> the Nitalorians leg brace? No,
1: no. Okay, well, that's <laughs> yeah. good news. Yeah, by the way, when you have players borrowing items from the Nitalorians <laughs> closet, it's not a good development. At no. Rejoice Knights, are we expecting any players to sit this game out? Gus has not tipped that, but of course he probably wouldn't. But we've seen some practice footage, and it seems like the name most likely would be Big Cap that could, but it seems like he, he will be playing.
3: Yeah, he was out there in and, and a photograph that was taken by UCF. Yeah, to your point, we saw Isaiah Bowser mm-hmm. doing some sort of high knee pad drills. So it would seem that the guys that we're most concerned about would be playing. Now, there may be a guy, an injury or two that we're not sure about. Um, I know Quadrick Bullard got banged up at the second half of the Cows game. I don't know if we have a status on him. So you might see some injury type stuff. But in terms of sitting out for next season purposes, I don't know if we have anybody in that in that area.
1: Um, UCF is not doing another media availability this week, but they did release names that will be doing media veils in Tampa and Quadric was one of them. So okay. I like think that's a positive sign. Re- uh, Rejoice Knights. Uh, other question was what's your favorite Christmas song?
3: Yeah, we did this on the uh, sun show top five uh, Christmas songs. Number one was uh, last Christmas by wham. Mm.
1: Seems mm. sarcastic in its response, "Rockin' around the Christmas tree choice. That's, uh, that's fine. At night fan 94. Now this came, yeah, this came with uh, uh, a little gift of uh, of a guy in a big bubble. When he asked, "Is it true Gus will be on the sideline again for the bowl, but with protection?" <laughs> big bubble wrapped around him. Gus moving along a little bit better, walking up those steps, walking to the podium. You see him in photos with the recruits leading up to signing day. He'll be back on the sidelines, but uh, I don't know that he'll have any added layers of protection.
3: I solved this for us months ago. He just sits on the shoulders of Paul Rubelt, and we're all good.
1: <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, I'm very disappointed. The 42nd ranked class, no Germans. None. None. No. Uh, at Brian W. Peterson going into the bowl game, how much more confident are you with Gus on the sidelines than you would be with Heiple, and why? Experience, more seasoned coach uh, than than Heupel. Uh, and I, you know, it's, it's an interesting poll question, an interesting discussion question. The Knights finish eight and four. If you gave Josh Heipel every circumstance the same, all the injuries the same, uh, but of course he still picks all the same portal guys, so you still get Isaiah Bowser, you still get Big Cat. Did the Knights win eight games? I, I don't see those come from behind games uh, in the second half, fourth quarter. I don't see him beating maybe a Memphis.
3: Yeah. He, he never proved he could. I mean, t- to be fair, I mean, he never really proved that once he got down or once we got punched in the face, you know, see Cincinnati or see Tulsa that we could figure out a way around it. So you got to think like a game, like a Boise, we're down 21, nothing very early. We we never saw a Josh Heupel led team really kind of rebound and put together a win in that regard. So I think the other question to ask with that, though, is do we have our defensive staff of current or the defensive staff of last year? Because I do think T. Will has brought some energy. I do think those guys really respond and play well for him. And that's not a knock on Randy Shannon. I just think that T. Will does a really nice job of connecting with those guys. So if I have T. Will's defensive staff with Hypo as an offensive coach, I feel maybe a little bit better. But um, I, I think your point is, is valid, Trace. I think it's experience. I think it's being a little bit more measured about what you need to do. I think Hypo always wants to strike back quick with a home run. I think Gus understands how to play the long game a little bit. So uh, I'll take uh, that, that notch to Gus over Hypo in that respect.
1: Randy Shannon gainfully employed again at yet another institution in the state of Florida.
3: All he needs now is the cows, and he'll have the clean sweep.
1: Yeah, he'll sweep them all. At PDP Gage, if I run into Adam at Gus Brillo, will I be calling him Eric? I've been called worse, so I'll take I'll take Eric. Do we know what that's in reference? What is the reference there? We
3: we do. I, you didn't hear this on the Sons of UCF live show, Trace. So uh, I went to uh, the game uh, basketball game uh, Oklahoma UCF, and the game had ended, and uh, the kids were shooting on the court. My my son was out there shooting, so everyone had kind of dispersed. And I happened to catch our good friend, Jeff Sharon, standing behind the uh, uh, the scorers table and kind of wrapping up his affairs for the evening. I had never met Jeff. We had ex- exchanged some uh, some DMs recently. So I thought it'd be a good time to go over and introduce myself. I said, hey, Jeff, how are you? He came over to the railing, shook hands. And he said, it's Eric, right? And I said, sure.
1: You look a little, if I squint, mm-hmm. like yeah. Eric Lopez. I do. <laughs> he's, I think he's maybe a little taller. I don't know. Uh, our friend Libby uh, can't determine between you yes, and so, Mike. Who's who? Yeah, I'm,
3: I'm Eric. I'm Mike. I'm Trace. I'm, I'm the forgotten. I'm the, I'm the fourth most popular member of the Sons UCF <laughs> behind you two and my own daughter.
1: So. Uh, your daughter, rocketing in popularity. what are we mixing her into this show? That's what yeah. I want to know. Let's ponder it's that. Let her... A little camera shy. We'll, we'll have to work on that. Yeah. Okay. At Golden off Knight season. underscore the second. Given what we've seen this season, if we somehow pull off the win versus the Gators, will it be because of offense or defense? He says uh, doubt it will be special teams. Um, I think the offense is going to need to do something. I think you know something we've been talking about. Isaiah Bowser. We've been talking about the importance of him. Uh, they also have Johnny Richardson. How does mm-hmm. Gus use both of them effectively? And I know it's a theme that you've talked about. Of Malzahn, don't outthink yourself here. Use the tools you have at your disposal. So we do give him credit, but there are times, Joey Gatewood, Navy, where he sort of outthinks himself. How does he effectively use Isaiah and uh, Johnny?
3: And Mark Anthony Richards, we saw him play as well. I think, look, to win the game, we're going to have to score points. And, and I think that's the challenge. I think our defense can certainly hold their own, but we're going to have to score if we want to win. So I think the offense is going to have to come up with some big plays. I suspect Gus is, is deep in his bag of tricks, you know, quarterback throwbacks, wide receiver screens, uh, a fumble rooski or two, the Statue of Liberty. I, I expect all of it's on the table for Gus in this Casper uh, bowl.
1: At Manny Amor is mentioning uh, UCF player Mike Lofton uh, transferring over to uh, Tampa to the Cows. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mike going to Cowtown? I mean, he's from that area, and uh, you're just going to see this, right? You're going to benefit from the portal. Kids maybe not getting playing time, maybe not good enough for what you want to do, and they, they go somewhere else. I don't happen to take an anti-Dylan Gabriel stance. Did I mention to you, by the way, I have a lovely uh, a, a game-worn shoe Got game. I don't wish any of these kids ill. I mean, they're in their early 20s, late teens. Good luck to them. If he's a better fit there, uh, I wish him well.
3: He did ask a question, though. Has there ever been a, uh, a UCF to Cow transfer? I couldn't think of any. I, I really racked my brain. I could not think in of football, anybody. Right? Uh, in football, right? Probably other sports, yeah. yeah. Or vice versa. I could not think of any. So this may be, uh, Mike Lofton may be a trendsetter. It just goes to show, by the way, to that players don't take this rivalry stuff nearly as seriously as we do. Right. They're, they're just line up and play whatever color jerseys playing across from them. They don't take this rivalry stuff nearly as much as we do, unless you're a UCF lifer or senior, things like that. But it just goes to show that we we over dramatize this stuff way more than probably the players do.
1: At the CMAS 14, if you had to take a transfer quarterback in this class, uh, who would be your preference? I don't uh, I don't know. I, I think as you talked about a little bit uh, but there are some things about Bo Nix, uh, familiarity with Gus and what he wants to do. And I think that if it's a place he wants to be and a comfort level with Gus, that that will be very important for both of them and and, and going forward. And if it's not the right fit for him, I, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust Coach Malzahn and his staff. Uh, you know, not all of the transfers that he brought in through the portal worked quite as we had hoped, right? That's going to be the case with this recruiting class. Some guys are going to be doing better than we expect. I, I trust that he's gonna put the right people in position though overall.
3: Yeah, I think Bo Nick's familiarity is is definitely gives him a leg up. I know he's not the not the most stellar quarterback we've seen, but Adrian Martinez is skill set being a runner and a thrower. He obviously makes some horrendous decisions, but with the Gus's offense, I wonder if he'd be a fit. I know he's not going to be the most popular name ever mentioned here in the Suns UCF live, but I think Bo probably gets the, the leg up just because of uh, his offensive system familiarity
1: at sublime underscore night in five years. Who's the new USF? I'm taking it rival here Cincinnati, Houston, Gators current big 12 team. I'd still like to I think it's Cincinnati in the short term, but you know, I wish it were Houston because of the space connections. Ultimately though, I think this is going to be a heated rivalry with BYU. I I think that's going to develop and be a rivalry because I think they're always going to put fans here in Orlando for games. Uh, And uh, they're just year in and year out a competitive team. I mean, right? The average age of these guys is mid 20s, right? And what was it that uh, half of them are married and they're bringing their spouses to their bowl game? I mean, it's just a veteran experienced team. I think they're going to be heated games. Yeah. The
3: only problem is their fans are so darn nice. (laughs) I mean, they're, you know, when they were in the Boca Ball, they were such, they were so, they were blowing us out and they were still nice to us and great game. Really respect you. I mean, they're so nice. It's hard to, it's hard to have a rivalry with somebody you like.
1: Robert will end with that two letters, two words. Uh, I think this is a little bit on the shoe sock thing. Also a little bit on how you eat uh, your, your food. How should the unwrapping process be on Christmas morning? Orderly. With everyone opening one present at a time so everyone sees what everyone else received or everyone unwrapping simultaneously as quickly as possible. He says there is a right answer. I think, obviously, the right answer depends on the makeup of your family. There's not going to be a one of them one at a time, if there are small children involved. It's going to be a frenzy for about 15 minutes, and that's gonna be the right answer in that household. Uh, Older folks, grown children probably can be patient as they unwrap their package of socks and calendars.
3: Yeah, we do. Uh, kids uh, start opening up bazooka style. Uh, my wife and I just sit and watch and, and try to, you know, each, you know, we're basically playing a man-to-man defense at that point, right? You watch the kid. I'll watch this kid. You see this kid's gifts. Like, we'll acknowledge them both. So it's kind of bazooka, shotgun, man-to-man defense. Once that's complete, then we go to the rest of the gifts and everyone calms down, at which point the kids have already left, so they don't even care what everybody else got. So it's bazooka, shotgun, man-to-man defense.
1: Not a bad show tonight, even without Mike. Somehow we we carried on.
3: Trace is a guy. Adam's a guy. We're going to be okay. TJ Bullard's
1: a guy. He joined us. Caden uh, hey. Kittler is a guy. He joined us. We welcome in the executive director of the uh, Gasparilla Bowl and as well, Jeremy Brenner, new to Knights 24-7. Going to have more Gasparilla Bowl coverage for you next Wednesday. Working on having a Gator insider come in between 8 and 9. And, Talk about all of the changes going on with the Florida program. Remember, Wednesday night at 8, between 8 and 9, that's when you want to hop on with us. we got a big one coming up in just one week. Are uh, you feeling the excitement? Getting a little more excited about this? excited and I'm also sad I
3: mean, I mean after this one I mean, we got, we got like eight or nine long months before another one of these so it's a it's a nice you know cherry on top of the season again eight and four uh, we all had hopes for something greater obviously I think uh, considering all the all the uh, pitfalls that befell us it's still a nice season and we go out with a win against the Gators in a, in a bowl game of this magnitude Scott mentioned it a sellout they weren't expecting a sellout they typically don't sell these out I'm actually curious outside of the national championship. Games. How many other bowls sell out? I don't know if there's a stat on that, but uh, so this is this is it, and this is the last one. I'm I'm getting excited. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a fun night, and then uh, hopefully a great holiday season. So we are uh, we are, are so close. At what six seven days away at this point? So can't wait to uh, to kick it off in Tampa.
1: We'll join you again next Wednesday. Good luck to men's basketball in Sunrise, Mike. You enjoy that one. And to the women's basketball team at Iowa, go out and knock out the Hawkeyes. So for Adam, I'm Trace. Go nights.
3: Go ahead and just charge.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. 18 plus.